Welcome. I am Anders Bolling, and this is Mind the Shift. On this podcast, we talk about a shifting world, which can mean many things. One of the stated starting points is to span the border between society and spirituality, as well as between science and spirituality. I think it's about time we delve a little bit more into that spiritual side of things and its possible implications for the ongoing shifts and changes. That is why I'm so delighted and honored today to introduce Janneke Öynes. Welcome, Janneke. Thank you so much. It's a joy being here, and I love the name of this podcast. So oh, spot thank on. You. For those of you who don't know Janneke, she's nowadays known as the host of a wonderful YouTube channel called Wisdom from North, where she over the years has, com- has had conversations with is it 400 different spiritual teachers, thinkers, and brave scientists who dare to step outside of the mainstream. She also arranges live events and has a membership platform all under the same Wisdom from North umbrella. I think that many listeners welcome this little step into spirituality, hopefully most of them, but I can imagine that uh, some may get a little confused, perhaps a little bit annoyed, namely those for whom there really is a sharp line between societal matters and the spiritual realm. And many who know me, they don't know me as, you know, that guy, that kind of guy. I think it might have been something similar for you, Janneke, because to many, you are known as a big musical artist. You were that when you were a kid and a teenager, and I think a bit into your 20s as well. If one looks you up on Wikipedia, for instance, it says singer and artist, singer and actor, it says, <laughs> and very, says very little about your, your latest achievements here. And you had leading roles in several musicals and plays, plays, and you were also enormously acclaimed, I understand. And then something happened. Can you tell us a little bit more about what, what it was that happened when you were in your early 20s? Yeah, uh, that was a big shift in my life. Like we're speaking about, we're going to speak about the shift today uh, of consciousness. And that was a shift in my life. And I don't believe in any coincidences. So I do see a red thread now in my life. But uh, my dream was to become a musical theater artist. That was my biggest dream. And uh, my life was all about that. It started from when I was seven years old. I had my mind. I, I just had decided that's my path. And things didn't turn out that way. I got nodules on my voice when I was 21 in, after doing the role of Rizzo in Greece. I think I was straining it too much because I was doing three jobs at the time, like, uh, like a receptionist job in the day. Then I went to do voiceover when I was screaming a lot and yelling. Okay. And then right into the performance at the, the evening. I don't know what I was thinking. I think I was uh, invincible. And then I remember... How, how actually, old were you then? Uh, 21. Okay. And I remember I actually fainted in a cafe and I didn't like take the wow. signs at all. I just fainted. And uh, yeah, and I got nodules uh, and I was offered this amazing role after that, Audrey in Little Shop of Horrors, like a main musical theater role, huge oh, yeah. role. So I was on my way to like really make it in the musical theater world in Norway. And then everything just stopped and uh, I couldn't talk. So uh, the doctor said, you have to be silent for many months. Uh, 
and uh, hopefully you'll get better. And that started just uh, a process within me, a very dark um, state of mind. I fell into a depression because all of a sudden I had no idea who I was and I felt really so worthless because I think, or I don't think, I know, I have understood that I put my value on everything I was doing and my singing voice and uh, the status I had and the dream, like my, that was my identity, the dream. I was going to become something big. And also people around me had been saying, you know, there's something special with your daughter, you know, to your, my parents. And so I had that huge expectation and then everything crashed and I realized, or deep inside I had this feeling, but I am not this amazing person. I, I, I'm really a failure. So these dark thoughts just took me and it lasted for one year and a half or something like that. But then um, there are many, um, uh, it didn't go so fast. Like my voice got better. I had the surgery and I went to the US to study to become a musical theater artist. And then I was like, I'm going to make it again. But I still had this feeling that my voice is not good enough. It's still not good enough. I went back to Norway. Uh, I fell into another depression, actually, because then I came back and nobody remembered me. <laughs> and then I, I managed, actually, to do some jobs. And I, I got a huge role in Ho Hotel Caesar, the soap series, where I got some attention again. And there I was just acting. And I loved that because then I didn't have to worry about my voice. But after that, it got quiet again. And I just felt now I'm 20 years old. And am I going to continue this? It just felt like I was like, you know, trying too hard in a way to make this dream uh, be okay. real and make it work. So I had no idea what to do. No idea. It was like, should I become a lawyer or policewoman mm. or what? Like <laughs> all options were on the table, right? And then I decided, okay, I'll become a primary teacher. So I started to be, study that. And uh, after a year of doing that, I just felt so uninspired. I was like, this is, I mean, I am a person with so much passion. I cannot do this. I don't have a passion for it. It's okay. But I didn't come down to this planet to just do something that's okay. Like, I'm not that kind of person. I think that it's that artist within me or... Uh, or that there is like a deeper purpose with my life and that we all have, we all have a deeper purpose to our lives, I think. But some of us are just, uh, are just having it as a purpose to find it in a, in a sense as well. So what it's, happened? Um, you were talking about you, you, you were identifying with that, the role you had, the, you were identifying with the, the actor, the singer, Janneke, uh, but you, you, you are, uh you're saying things that that show me that you you had something inside you that that told you that you were not that only that 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 there was something deeper that you had a higher self that there was not not only this uh outside this outer identification uh well did that help would you say was that helpful in that in that situation because i think many people who who Talk about this uh, when they crash after having a successful career in, for instance, uh, show business. They, they kind of uh, almost, I mean, they, they have nothing. They have no platform to stand on. It's just 
Right. I, I almost forget, you know, because it was a long way there. And now I'm kind of on the other side. And what I'm doing today is just so normal for me. But it was a long way there. Uh, it took me many years to understand that uh, that my my who I am is not what I do. It took me a long time. Okay. I actually remember I had a moment in Hotel Caesar where I got a lot of attention again. And I thought, okay, so Janneke, right before you got this part, there was no red carpet. But now there is a red carpet that you're walking on. Are you any more valuable now than before you have that red carpet? Is like the red carpet a sign of your value? Mm. And I was like, of course it's not. Of course it's not. And I was saying to myself, self, remember this, remember this. And I anchored myself in that truth that all the external stuff has nothing to do with my value. I have to find my own value. We're, we're all valuable. And I also discovered that I needed to love myself, that that was actually a thing. Loving myself, no matter what I did, no matter if I failed, no matter if my voice wasn't good enough or cracked or if I didn't perform well enough, I had to love myself. And in that, something grew within me. And there were many processes happening at the same time. It, it always is like when we tell stories about these big transformations, it's never like, or it can be, but I think that there's so many things happening at the same time that makes you, when you look back at it, understand that this was divinely orchestrated because why did I start to become a primary teacher? Like, what was the reason with that? Today, I would have chosen something different, like maybe media, because now I'm working with media, like learning about that. Uh, but I, I'm sure there was a reason. I learned a lot. But after a year, I was like, I cannot do this. But my father said, just finish it. And I'm very good. He like encouraged me to do that because I've been a person who stops and starts things okay. a lot. Mm. So he just says, finish it. And then I said to him, you know what I really, really want to do, Dad? I really want to travel around interviewing amazing spiritual teachers about the big questions of life. And it was so strange when I said You said, said that, that during the, the education, during the, the training that you were taking to become a primary teacher? Yeah. I was sitting at the cafe in the summer holiday with my father. And it just came Struck out you. of me. That, yeah. would, you, would you say that that was some kind of a awakening? Or is this a gradual thing? Or was, was that the pivotal yeah. thing, the pivotal point? Yeah. When you realized that? I've had two like that in my life. It was such a clear moment. And I get like almost emotional speaking about it. Because it was like, <gasps> but that is what I'm going to do. It yeah. just was so clear to me. I had this enormous clarity and my father had no idea what I was speaking about. He was like, what? Man? Uh, I thought we were talking about... And teach them how to write and read. Yeah, right. Like, uh, and I was a, on a totally different track. And I was like, father, I have to leave you. I'm going to do this thing. And I went on a jogging tour and the name Wisdom from North dropped into my mind. Already at that time? Oh, Yeah. And it all made sense to me. I was like, but I can do camera. I've been, I've been on camera. I can just buy a camera. I know spiritual people. I'll just start there. I'll start interviewing. I'll start a YouTube channel. 
And then uh, many things happened. But what was interesting was that in one week, I got two great paying jobs, one commercial and one TV uh, entertainment thing that gave me the money to create the website and to, uh, to buy a camera for $2,000. Amazing. Everything yeah. always works out for me, huh? It was <laughs> the, amazing. The universe makes things work out. They do. And I also booked a lot of uh, great teachers, like teachers like Eben Alexander, Akiana Kramarik, Jon Skau. Um, yeah, I got a lot of big names. Do, right you managed to book those people all at the beginning? At the, yeah. Oh, that's, that's impressive. Yeah. So I think Alexander is such a fascinating person. Uh, His near-death experience must must be one of the most amazing, one of the most spectacular that you can hear of. Yeah, yeah. And he was a neuroscientist, which makes it even more credible and more fascinating. Well, that's a different story, but yeah. I didn't know that you had interviewed him. Oh, twice. And he was huge at that time. Like he had just came out with his book, just like come out with a story. And I had like... 200 proof of, subscribers. Proof of heaven, is it? Is it called Proof of Heaven? Proof, proof of Heaven, of... yes. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I got an interview with him. So I think it's not about me. It was about me getting help. Well, it, it certainly sounds like it. But I mean, yeah. you're off. You're, I'm sure you were very, very good at pitching these people. So they wanted to come. <laughs> also. Well, and you've had, this is eight years ago, is it? That you started the channel? It was 2012, yeah. The famous year 2012, which yeah. many people put much uh, uh, importance into. I, I, I know I've read and heard so much about the year 2012 that something was supposed to be shifting and changing at that time. But I personally can't say that that year was some, anything particular for me in my life. But I guess it's different for everyone. But anyway, you started this channel back then and you have interviewed, like you said, Ibn Alexander, I know also Greg Braden, uh, Matthias yeah. De Stefano, yeah. um, who has come out just recently, a guy from Argentina, and he has these stories where he remembers previous lives on other planets. <laughs> so people, I mean, people can get crazy when they hear these things, but I just think it's fascinating. And you have also talked to Matt Kahn, Bruce Lipton, Katie Bray, Robert Schwartz, who has written books about um, the planning of your life before you're born and uh, Teal Swan. So there are so many great people that you've had on your show. Have you had Eckhart Tolle? No. No, you haven't. I haven't. I've tried. tried? Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) he's busy, I guess. What about Oprah Winfrey? Because, (laughs) I mean, really, that's an interesting person because she's one of the persons that I... I, I, um, well, I guess it's impossible to get her, but because she's a person like somebody that I would like to, to be maybe, I mean, to, to be kind of a bridge between, between the outer world and the inner world. And, and she seamlessly walks between these worlds and she can, she has credibility in, in all, in all camps, which is fantastic. I think she does a great job. She is amazing. She's one of my role models. Uh, I haven't even gone there in my mind, actually. Uh, But I I haven't had this huge pull towards like, I got to interview her. I have to interview Eben Alexander. No, no, um, Eckhart Tolle. 
I think it just comes to me like where I am in my process that, oh, right now I would love to interview Matthias De Stefano because I'm so interested in these subjects right now. So I always like follow my intuition more than, oh, this person is super, super big in the world. So, uh, but I mean, maybe one day. And at the same time, I'm not doing so many interviews anymore. I'm also doing blogs and I also kind of, uh, interview now the teachers that I do collaborate with. So my, my um, work has changed a lot over the years from being random interviews to not now being more structured that I actually interview those teachers that are masterclass teachers in my membership or that I'm making a course with, etc. Because my vision is really to create this hub, this platform where you find really credible and beautiful teachers not just random teachers, you know. Uh, so my goal is not to have like a thousand different people on my channel. It's more like actually having really great teachers that I feel like now we want to focus on this subject because that is important. And this teacher is very good at that. So yeah, so it's evolving. And what I find interesting is that a lot of people are resisting change. Like, uh, when I've started change things, they're like, why are you not doing what you used to be doing? But I, I really need to evolve and I really need to change all the time. And I, I change my mind often. <laughs> so I try to really just stay true to myself and uh, to wisdom from North in a sense that it has its own consciousness, I think. <laughs> I think so too. Uh, yeah. But you're maybe also going more over to being a teacher yourself so to speak i mean to to doing solo uh recordings where you I, i've seen you you've done a bit of that lately yeah just you and the camera and you you, you tell the audience what you think about things and and the big questions that need answers and uh, we're going to come back to, to that a little bit later but is that one path that you're taking now i think it is uh, although I don't look at myself as a teacher, I look at myself more as a person who communicates and shares ideas and perspectives. Uh, so it might just be where I'm at, but uh, I'm not comfortable with saying that I'm a teacher. Well, you uh, are a primary school teacher, so. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But I like more the idea that I just show up on camera and when I feel inspired and then I share my thoughts and perspectives and share other people's ideas and my ideas. Like the other day for my members, I have like monthly sessions with them. And then the other, um, or in August, I shared about the Law One material that I had come over. And I, I see it's really inspiring them because they get new perspectives, new ways of seeing things. And I'm like putting it out there, making it available, having then studied it a bit and then I share it. Uh, so that's what I love to do. More like teach, like I think you should do this or that because I'm very hesitant with that. Mm. I think I do say that sometimes that, uh, you know, <laughs> but I, I try not to like be telling other people what to do. Uh, because I really feel like it's so important that we listen within and we all have unique experiences uh, and we all need different things and some healing forms, some techniques, some manifestations uh, techniques works for some, some works for others because we're so at different frequencies that thinking about manifesting something might work for some, but not at all for others. 
So saying that you need to do these five steps in a sense, uh, even though I do use that, uh, but it's like, it's all about how you say it, but I'm very conscious of it. That's my point. Yeah. On, um, not to, uh, yeah. Telling I understand. Other people. But I mean, teacher in a, a spiritual sense is perhaps something different than teacher in a, in a, in a traditional mainstream sense. To be a teacher could be just as you are implying here, um, talking about how you feel inside and how, how you are doing things to help yourself. And that might be helpful for, as you say, for some. And those that it resonates with, they can, they can take it to their hearts and the others, they can just go somewhere else. <laughs> in that sense, I guess, I guess I can be called a teacher. Yeah. yeah. Like I love that teacher st student thing that uh, I teach what I need to learn also. Yeah. I, I remember who said that to me, Neil Donald Walsh said that to me in an interview that he teaches what he needs to learn. And I just adopted that. Well, I think it's fascinating to realize that oftentimes, I think it's actually, uh, actually individual. Uh, it, this works for some people and for others, perhaps not. But for me, it's, it's like when I say, when I tell somebody else something that I've just learned, it feels as if it's the first time I really understand it myself. So it's like, it needs to be, you need to use your voice. You need to use your words to, to, Put it out there in a, in a way to, to really uh, integrate it in yourself. Otherwise, you can't understand what, you're, what you just learned. You can think that you know something, but you really have to say it out loud before you really do sometimes. I agree. Yeah, that's what, why it's such a beautiful process to share. Because, yeah, like you're saying, I understand it more. And I philosophize while I'm doing it as well. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> Okay, here's a stupid, maybe stupid question, but I, I'm asking it because it has to do with my own experience. So I consider, like I was mentioning before, I consider myself uh, and this podcast something of a bridge because I am truly interested in the, in the so-called outer world. And I'm convinced that there, can no, there cannot be any inner world without an outer world. I mean, as within, so without. So they go together and uh, I am sometimes a bit frustrated when these two are depicted as separate. I mean, not only, you know, non-spiritual people are shunning the spiritual realm, but also spiritually engaged people are sometimes staying away from the mundane world, the world out there. So do, do you feel the same way? And, and how much do you ponder what is happening out there? there in the world, you know, politics, economics, the upheavals we're seeing and the pandemic and all this? Two questions. I know you should never ask two questions at one time, but I did it. Fine. I do that sometimes as well. Um, big question. And I get many perspectives and thoughts in my mind, uh, like where to go. Um, yeah. When people speak about the ascension process, I think, like, I think spirituality also, uh, what is spirituality? That's just another question. Uh, a topic to go into but um in a spiritual community or people that are awakening um that has evolved as well like i feel many years ago more people wanted to ascend and, and kind of disidentify with their bodies so move up there somehow like become these spiritual beings and not really be in their bodies like embodiment 
uh, that we were becoming something, becoming spiritual beings, uh, higher beings. But now I feel more and more teachers speak about uh, actually bringing down the divine into this earth, uh, embodying the higher frequency in the body, actually grounding more, being present in this experience, this reality, not flying away somewhere, not running or escaping. Because, and I think that's all right. I really agree with that. It's all about being present here. Even though we might be star seeds, even though we might be coming from another planet, don't know that. We need to be present here and now, really present in our bodies. And our bodies, that's just such a fascinating um, uh, topic, I think, because our bodies are really intelligent uh, technologies mm. that is unique for each and every one of us. And that I think we have co-created ourselves for the reason of expressing our uniqueness. And so, yeah, I think actually what Ascension is also about is to raise the frequency uh, of our bodies. Uh, so we're kind of pulling these higher frequencies down to raise the frequency, our own frequency and the frequency on the planet and on, on our body. So we can actually create a more heaven on earth, so to say, move mm -hmm. into a new dimension or a new density that uh, mystical teachings are saying that we're moving into. Uh, and then you spoke about, you know, the outer world and the inner world. Yes, they are the same. I just spoke about this in a, in a video that I made this week about my plant medicine experience, where I actually experienced yeah, I'm that. I'm going to ask that. you about that. Yeah, the universe is inside. Um, however, I do believe that we all experience different realities, that uh, we are shifting timelines and realities all hmm. the time. Uh, so for some, they're very immersed in what's going on out there, uh, in fear, in politics, and in, um, yeah, in uh, what's going on on the outside. Others who might be uh, on another um, frequency, or frequency, or yeah, uh, they might not perceive the fear as much. They might not see the pandemic as a threat as much. It just they don't feel it as much because they are on another frequency. And I don't think that uh, I should be saying what people should do again, like oh you should you know watch the news or you shouldn't watch the news. I think it's really up to each and every one of us. It's all about different perspectives. Uh, nothing is right or wrong from my perspective. It's just like nothing is judged. That's what I've learned from the law one material from the 80s. Nothing, nothing, nothing is ever judged. You're never judged. It's we who judge each other. Mm. Uh, so all experiences are welcomed, actually. Mm. However, when it comes to me, if I should talk about me, I don't watch the news uh, that often. Um, I do think that the media is uh, focusing a lot on the negative and that is influencing our minds to just look for what is wrong and not for what is working. Uh, so I am a bit aware of it and I try constantly to raise my frequency so I could 
could just take care of my inner state. Like, I think that's my number one job. Like one of my teachers, uh, Veronica Cresto, she's having a masterclass coming up in September in my membership. And she, she's saying your frequency is your number one job. That's your number one job, your frequency. (laughs) So I feel I have to take care of me. And I got a message on Facebook where somebody was asking me, what do you think about this environmental um, issue? And can you do something about it, et cetera? And I felt, no, you know, I can't. I want to focus on what I want to focus on, which is consciousness. Mm. And other people can focus on that. Like we don't all have to do everything. Like, I feel like but maybe my... it goes together. Maybe the one yeah. comes with the other. If you focus on your consciousness and your frequency and all that you are talking about, maybe the other thing will come automatically. It will, easier, it will be easier for you to, to engage in maybe saving whatever, some right. kind of environment. Right. Like, that's my angle. That's the way I approach making changes on the planet is for people to wake up. While others can work more like, you know, um, more led directly, like actually physically or in whatever. But uh, I think we all have to do our own job. And that's why my biggest passion is to speak about your soul's calling or awaken to your mission or purpose. Because I think if we all did our purpose, like you doing this podcast, right? That is your Uh, way of doing it which will help a lot of people others are doing other things so if we are doing what we're good at and what we really want to do like this is how i want to work then we're in our joy we're in our passion we're doing what we're meant to do and if everybody was doing that i think we would wake it so much quicker and things would change it's us denying our purpose which is holding the frequency down and making this a slower process, actually. Yeah, I, I also believe we have a purpose some, some, somewhere in there that you can, you can, you can find. Uh, but these, this talk about frequencies and vibrations, and, and uh, I mean, I understand what you're talking about, but I think it doesn't make sense to, to many other people. They don't really, I mean, when you're talking about uh, people being practically in different, almost in different dimensions or being in different uh, different worlds or realities people freak out and think oh do you mean that they, we, we can't see these people are they invisible what's happening are they ghosts i think it's uh, i mean I, I i it makes sense to me because i've read and heard a lot about these things and i, I think it's, it resonates with me but maybe if you would try to explain to people who are not that spiritually engaged uh what is happening you you might want to phrase it differently, perhaps, like what you were saying about the news and seeing the bad things that are happening, the pandemic, wars, conflict. To me, I am a journalist, so I know exactly what you're talking about when you say that the media is focusing on the negative, which is true. And it's, it's not good that we do that. Uh, but, but I can also, I'm, I'm also a nerd when it comes to statistics and trends and things like that. So I can see that a lot of things are going the right way on earth. We are, we have, achieved so much there is so much the world is so it's a so much better place today than it used to be 30 40 50 years ago in almost all respects and it's two steps forward one step back you know but it's it's constantly going forward and i can i can use those i try to use those facts uh, that information to 
to kind of talk to people about what's actually happening. I, I think that's also another way of saying that we are raising our vibration. But I mean, if when you say when you say it like that, people freak out. So <laughs> do, do, you, do you sometimes experience that also when you talk to ordinary people about these things that you have to rephrase and you have to kind of uh, explain it in different ways? Actually, uh, I feel a lot of people who gravitates towards my material is really deep, deep down into the path. Uh, especially I notice that with uh, the members we have, like the questions they ask are really like they, they have been on the path for so long, but obviously, yeah. I mean, we have some terminologies that is not common for uh, people who haven't studied this, um, but it's not, very, it's not so much woohoo. It's just everything is energy. Mm. And like Nikola Tesla was speaking about this. So it's been around for uh, this knowledge uh, about quantum physics and quantum mechanics has been around for a hundred years. So it's not anything new. Uh, it's just, we don't hear about it in the news. So it's just new. So again, back to change. Yeah, it might woohoo be scary, but it's not really, <laughs> it's just interesting. Yeah. I find it. Uh, but I do understand that, I mean, the awakening is a big process. Like it shifts your whole way of seeing reality, which is challenging. It's super challenging. And uh, human beings are resisting change. So, uh, and I was there always when there's a new concept coming. I'm like, it's always like, who can I take in this concept? And perhaps, and then I see if it resonates. So I'm totally fine if this does not resonate with people um because we're not all meant to you know gravitate toward uh, toward this mm. um yeah everything is energy and uh so that means like all the physical things everything around us is energy and that all things is vibrating on a different frequency so uh our emotions for instance is also vibrating on a different frequency so you can imagine when you're feeling shame the feeling of shame. How do you feel in your body? You feel heavy, right? You feel like, uh, oh, you just want to hide. You just want to contract, you know, your body. You don't want anybody to see you. Yeah, that's a good description. Contraction when you feel shame, yeah. Yeah, because these emotions, shame, guilt, fear, uh, apathy, they're contracting emotions. And these frequencies are actually slower so they're moving slower. You can look at it like that. Think of a radio frequency, you know, like slower, heavier, denser, it's more dense. Um, and then you move up the scale, so to say, with the lighter uh, emotions like joy. You feel light. And you actually, the energy is more light. You can, like when you're joyful, you almost feel yeah, like- it feels lighter. So it makes yeah, sense okay. to talk about higher frequencies and lower frequencies in that respect, yeah. Yeah, that's how I think about it. Um, so I, I, I think in terms of emotions a lot, and then you move up, you know, to uh, love and uh, maybe enlightenment someday. Uh, so for instance, one person in the room next to me now, can be think we can think about a subject and she can be fearful and maybe shame and, and guilt and in another reality, so to say, another state of being. Mm -hmm. And I can look at the same and not feel the same. So we're having totally different inner states of mm -hmm. being, totally different frequencies of emotions, 
which you can also call different realities. We are yeah. in the same physical reality, yeah. but we're seeing the world mm. with totally different glasses. Yeah, we have like turned the knob on the radio to different frequencies on the, on yeah. the radio, so to speak. Yeah. Like to her, maybe the world is doom and gloom. Like, okay, this is a great example. When I was depressed, it looked like the world was gray. Everything looked gray to me. My inner state was gray. I had no peaks. Everything was just, nothing made sense. I had no joy. My reality was a totally different than a happy person. <laughs> Seeing the world as a beautiful, lovely place. Like that's different realities. Yeah. But of course, physically, we're in the same reality. I hope that cleared a bit. It, it does. It does. I, I, I love the explanation. And it's, it's actually pretty obvious when you, when you, as a third party, can observe a conflict between two other people, for instance, when you kind of, you hear what they're, what they're um, fighting about and you realize that this is just, just, this is nothing. It's just ridiculous. And it, started, it's, it, it is often like that. It starts with something really ridiculous, some detail but maybe there is some underlying conflict that's suddenly coming up to the surface. And you can see that they're fighting over this and you, 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 can, you have this outside perspective, which is actually the, the perspective that you ought to have on yourself a little bit more often, I think, that your higher self should look upon yourself when you are having these feelings. But anyway, you can see it in two other people having a conflict. So then it's obvious that they are, they are not living in my reality. They aren't because this is, what are they talking about? I can't see that world. The world that they're talking about, it's not, it's not there. Right, right. This is just ridiculous. Just, just, just leave it. Exactly. Let it, let it go. That's a very, I think that's a wonderful, simple phrase that I try to use as often as possible. Let it go. Yeah. It's very simple, but it's so wise, you know. It's so wise at the same time. I have a friend who just, oh, whenever she hears it, she was like, I don't want to hear, let it go. And because <laughs> that's not? an interesting thing to go into because it's not always easy to let go. And it's very like easy for others to say to you, oh, just let it go. Like imagine that you've been in a relationship and you were really hurt. And I say to you, just let it go. And yeah, there like, are thousands more out there. <laughs> Yeah. You don't right? want to hear that. I know what you're talking about. I, you're I, not I agree there totally. at all. Like you need to actually grieve. You actually need to yes. feel your emotions, let that process happen. And then actually Teal Swan said to me, because I was in a relationship where I was like, everybody tells me, let go. And I, I can't let go. And I was judging myself for that. Why can't I let go? I'm a spiritual person. <laughs> years ago. And she was like, then you're not ready to let go. And I was like, thank you. Oh, thank you. That's it. Because yeah. then I got it. It will let go when it will let go. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it's the same, same thing all around again, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is, this is uh, these are the basic, basic questions, really. Here's um, one thing. There are many spiritual practices, as, as you know, and... Uh, Often skeptical people, they, they reject the whole thing on those grounds because of that, because, oh, it's a mess, they say. There are so many practices. And then there are, of course, some beliefs that are culturally and socially accepted, like Christianity. You can believe in Jesus. Well, I mean, many people don't, but if somebody does, it's, it's, it's accepted. No, nothing, nothing weird about that. But 
as we know, like things like astrology or contacting dead people are not <laughs> culturally accepted. But as I see it, there, there, is, there is really only one threshold. Either we are randomly assembled meat robots or we are not. And if we are not, we have a soul that survives the physical death. And I mean, if, if we have an immortal soul, what is not possible? Really? The other things are just... It, it can't be strange. It can't be that strange. This is the most, if you, if you want to talk about strangeness, this is the strangest thing of all. We don't die when we die. And when, once you pass that threshold, I think everything just opens up. All the other things are just, you can get curious about anything because, I mean, anything is possible. Why not? That's how I see it. Yeah. I see it the same way. And it's so interesting because we still have a mind, right? And we still have our programming or, okay, perhaps I should explain that. Uh, I look at it in the way that we're programmed because I, I was born into my family. You were born into your family. They have a certain way of thinking, feeling, behaving, acting, which I'm very influenced by. Like in some homes, I remember a, a friend of mine that that I, I never forget it. Like in that home, it was not allowed to, to be angry or just express um, any like dissatisfaction. And she was always smiling, always smiling. But behind that smile, there was so much sorrow. Like she couldn't express that she things were not, not okay. It was like Facebook smile all the time. Oh, yeah. So we come from these different families and the environments that really affect us. So we can call that some sort of a programming or a software or conditioning. Sure. We're very uh, colored by that, which means that when new information comes in, it kind of needs to move through all these filters of programming and thoughts. And, and that, that is not easy peasy. Like everything you believed in, all, all of a sudden might not be true. And that shakes your whole understanding of who you are and the world. And so it's a big thing. Uh, so even though we, you know, a, a thought can be, yeah, everything is possible. The mind- Yeah, but I mean, if, 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 if somebody accepts it, okay, I, I understand we have a soul. We don't die when we die. The body dies, the soul lives, lives on. But that thing about the universe uh, influencing us uh, and, and the properties on earth and uh, on our bodies, that is too strange. I can't believe it. I mean, what, yeah. why? What, what's the, because it's what's the big deal? Because it's too much of a stretch. It's too okay. much of a stretch. Okay, yeah. And perhaps, yeah, well, this is just me uh, that I think. Uh, if you haven't been there at all in your mind, you, like, you haven't opened that window for that. Mm then it's hard. Like I do think we take one step at a time. Like you expand your consciousness more and more and more. You can't like go there, like totally wide. Like I think, um, I think it's good that we just take one step at a time. Like I'm now opening up to more this uh, <laughs> conspiracies and all that stuff. Some of that mm -hmm. um, I haven't touched, you know, touched it because I, I think I thought it's so dark. It's so dark. Uh, but you mean that, that the gov governments are really run by by some other entities that we don't know about? Yeah, I, I just I'm starting that kind to... of conspiracy. Yeah, like the elite and everything. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm just starting to listen to some podcasts about it. And mm. I used to not 
wanting to do that. I just pu pushed it away. But now I notice that I'm ready to listen to it, but I'm not ready to make my own decision about it because I don't know what I believe, but I'm ready to listen. And I wasn't before. So I think, you know, that you, uh, you don't have to take in all no, <laughs> possibilities no. at once. <laughs> Where, was your home a Christian home, or did you have any any Christian? Uh, um, do you have any Christian experiences from your from your childhood? Yeah, yeah. My father was uh, Christian. I wouldn't say very Christian, but he did read to me. You went to Bible. church and all that. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, but not very often. Um, it, it it was kind of like in my family one part of my family went very into the Christian part the, or religion. Uh, and my part of the family just stayed open. And then I <laughs> turned super spiritual. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it fascinating that some people who call themselves religious can be very non-spiritual? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think the biggest mistake that the traditional religions have done is to separate the human being from god whatever you want to call it the universe all there is uh, i think i i hesitate to use the the, the the term god actually because it has so many connotations connected to, to traditional re religions and that's as i see it those are just parts of the matrix just like uh, government and everything else the, the church the mosques in islam Buddhism is a little bit different, the Eastern religions, because they, they're more like uh, philosophies, really. Buddhism doesn't talk about a god in that sense. So I kind of like that more. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, I, I am not so fond of God either, because I feel we talk about a man, you know, him, he. And it's not about that at all. And we limit it. And like you said, yeah, we separate. That, that's like the biggest thing, separate ourselves from God, which is like the, the, that separation is what creates the pain, right? Yeah. That God is this father or mother that you, um, that kind of gives you things if you're a good girl or a good boy, which I think is creating all the, the pain. And I actually feel that sometimes there is something there I'm struggling with and I'm not sure where it's coming from. I think it might come from past lives because it hasn't anything to do with this life. But sometimes I feel that I'm doing something a bit wrong. Not, not wrong, but that someone will punish me. Now I'm being very open. Someone will punish me if I really speak my mind, if I really talk about these subjects, if I make more video blogs on YouTube. Mm. Someone will punish me. Like, and I had that feeling. You have this kind of inkling on the back of your yeah, head. Yeah, like something like yesterday. I was feeling, I, I was working so much, making so many videos, editing, and I was really happy with myself. And then I was like, I felt a bit guilty. Like, uh, <laughs> have I done something wrong here? I should just be normal, you know, do like everybody else. Like, it was this strange feeling or sensation that I got a bit scared. So, I want to say it does demand a lot to do this. Like I get scared very often. Should I really do this, Janneke? Like, should you put this on your Facebook wall? I have so many friends there. What will they think of me? 
I get that all the time. That's that's brave of you to, to tell these things. And it's inspiring, actually, because, I mean, you've been doing this for so many years and you still have these feelings sometimes. Yeah, but like you, you said now, like, you know, people, when you speak about frequencies, they will freak out. Yeah. It kind of scares me a bit that you're saying that because like, what does that make me talking about it? But <laughs> I, I want to- Don't worry. Like, there are so many people who love it, so- uh, yeah, people. I can't only speak about self-love and those things that are ex acceptable, you know, for, for the mainstream. So I just got to do this. And I'm, I'm putting out now a, an email where I'm writing, like, I want to be a courageous woman. Because I just put out three videos about my ayahuasca experience. And that was super scary. Because I was so afraid that a lot of my followers would leave me because they would be like, oh, you did that? Then we don't want to follow you anymore. You know, that's a drug and everything. But yeah. I felt that, Yannicka, you need to be courageous. And you, need to, you need to stand for your own choices. And yeah, I saw that. I saw, the I saw the two first ones. I haven't seen the third. I didn't realize it was out. But I no, it's coming now. <laughs> it's coming. Yeah. Okay. As we record this, it's still not out, but soon. But I wanted to ask you about that. Tell, tell, tell us about that experience. It's really brave of you to talk about it. And on the other hand, quite a few people try it. And uh, so I've heard a lot about it. I haven't tried it myself, but it's, it's really, really interesting. So, so walk us through the, the experience. Where was it? I kind of don't want to say where it was okay. just okay. to protect those people. Um, okay. It no was problem. in Norway though. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's a long story. So I do recommend to watch all the videos because we don't have time for the whole, like all my three experiences, but I can talk uh, shortly about it and uh, why I did it. Uh, for me, I discovered it five years ago and I immediately thought that this is drugs and I was very skeptical and I'm not going to do it. And then I watched so many videos and I started researching it. And then I realized, okay, you know, this might be a very transformative thing to do. It's why is it here on the planet uh, at all? And I studied how the indigenous cultures have been using it many times uh, for, in order to like, um, just connect with nature, you know, find where's the food right now, like to survive and to, like they live in a totally different way than we do, uh, much more in connection with nature. So I thought this is a beautiful thing if it's just done right. Because the thing with ayahuasca is that now it's so common all of a sudden. Now it's like has exploded in the world and mm -hmm. so many people are doing it. And I think I've heard bad stories as well that, People have had shamans that are not really shamans come mm. that they haven't really come from that tradition. Um, they don't have too much experience. So they haven't been able to really protect uh, and guide the participants that are influenced by ayahuasca. And that is super important that uh, because this is done in ceremonies. So the ceremonies most often start in the evening and they last often all night, like all through the night. And there's music and um, you have some assistants that are going around taking care of people. And then the shaman, he, from my point of view, he needs to be really clairvoyant and be able to see what we are experiencing. The more he can understand what we are, where we are, the more he can hold a space and also uh, guide you if you're all, all of a sudden stuck 
in a, a mindset or something like that, you can come over and perhaps like say, let go, come on, let go. Or, you know, so the there, can, can actually see possible. your particular experience. Yeah, I believe he could like my shaman. I believe he could. And I'm saying that because he actually said and that I'm telling this in the second video in my um, series about it, that he was actually saying that now you are experiencing this. And while I was experiencing it, oh, yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. how can you know? Fascinating, you know? yeah. So, so yeah, that's super important. So I'm saying that over and over again, just because I feel responsible when I'm put, putting these things out. I know that some people will be inspired to do it. And then I feel a bit responsible that people, that I want to say to people, do your research. Please yeah. do your research. Just be 100% sure that this is a real shamans, that you feel safe, that you have testimonials from this place, etc. And maybe it's not for, for everyone. Oh, it's not. Not at all. Like, this is not the first thing you start with on the spiritual path at all. How do you know when to do it then? You feel it. Okay. So I felt not ready for many years because I was afraid of my own thoughts. I was afraid that I wasn't evolved enough. So I would see things I wasn't ready to see, that I wouldn't handle it. Because you can't see darkness. You can't have dark experiences, which is really showing you that dark side of you. We all have shadows. So it's really show, showing you a big mirror of what you have inside. And then a lot of people who are really struggling in the experiences, they're saying that when they finally stop fighting it and resisting it and let go, then all of a sudden the scene, scenery is changing and they open up to these really okay. divine, beautiful experiences. And that is so interesting. Like everything we fight and resist and, oh, I don't want this. Mm. That is when we like keep it actually. Yeah. And when we let go, like you said, like release, then we open up for something new to come. So, yeah. So I yeah, Well, as you say, we, we don't have time to go into all the details, no. but I know that you, you had, I think you had three sessions and the first one didn't really give you any experience at all. And then you had, so if you just briefly can, can, yeah. can summon up what, what you felt, what you were experiencing during those two that, had, that actually had an effect. Yeah, like the first, I had, I had such great expectations. You know, I've been waiting for this for four or five years. And all of a sudden I felt ready. I felt called by ayahuasca because you do feel called. It's like you just feel she calls for you. And, um, and then I, okay. I haven't mentioned this and this might freak some people out or yeah, but part of ayahuasca is the purging part. So, um, <laughs> that's the physical part of it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so we all have <laughs> gross, a, but it, it has to be done. <laughs> it has to be done. We all have this, these buckets. In yeah. front of and when you take the, um, <laughs> I'm just laughing because I'm in this weird place talking about this. Like I'm not at home right now. I hope nobody will hear me. Um, you get this small cup and you drink it. It tastes like, to me, chocolate or soil, chocolate soil, something. And it makes, then, it makes between chocolate and, and soil. Okay. Yeah. That's like good gross. and disgusting at the same time. Okay. And then when you get it in, it starts to uh, have an effect and you feel it in your stomach. Like I started feeling like, 
what is moving around in my stomach? <laughs> like something is going on. She, you feel she's working with you. And then I got so nauseous, so nauseous that you can't believe it. So you have to be prepared for that. Just get really sick. And then I uh, was the first one to purge and it felt horrible at the same time. It felt so releasing. And I was crying and it was like, I got five years of just baggage out of my system. And then I, uh, so I'm not going to speak more about it because a bit, it's, it's a bit gross for people who haven't done it. Then I lay down and I was like, okay, let's, <laughs> I'm ready for the divine experience. And then nothing happened, like nothing, nothing happened. And I was so disappointed. And I went into all these victim thoughts, like what if it's just me or worse? What if this is not true? Mm. What if all I've been seeing and learning about this is just made up? Mm. Wow. And I was so sure that nothing was going to happen. I was like, nothing is going to happen. Like I'm so clear in my mind. And I got up to the shaman and he said to me, and this was really special. He said that tomorrow or in the next ceremony, you will experience that the light is inside of you and that the universe is inside of you. And ayahuasca is now preparing you actually. So you needed to perch first. And I was like, okay, okay, perhaps. But he was really loving. Uh, and I went to bed actually. Um, while the others were lying there having all these experiences. And the day after, I was so envious. And people were like, oh, I experienced this and that. And I was like, I experienced <laughs> nothing. Uh, but I came. What was beautiful is that I worked so much with myself that day that I came to peace with it. I came to that, okay, perhaps I'm not supposed to have these amazing experiences. Perhaps that is the purpose. And then I have to accept that. I have to trust the universe and Mother Ayahuasca. Well, that might, be, that might be a lesson too, actually. Yes, right. Still like having, doing interviews and all these stuff, uh, continuing my path, not necessarily having my own experience. That's fine. So that was really beautiful that I came to that. So I moved into the second ceremony with really peace in my heart and just joy. And I bonded with the others and we were much more connected. And then I took the brew again and I lay down and I purged just like a bit, not so much and laid back. And then I didn't feel anything. I was just focusing on my heart and gratefulness, which is really a good thing to do. And then it was the funniest thing because then one of the teachers that came <laughs> forward towards me, she sat down on her knees and like, it feel like she came like a snake in a way, like, how are you doing? And I jumped back and I felt so like Claire. So I, I jumped back because she had green eyes. Oh. Like all of a sudden she had these green <laughs> eyes and she looked like Nicole Kidman in that film about Virginia Woolf. And I was like, yeah. You look like Virginia Woolf. You look like Nicole Kidman. You got green eyes. And she was like, what's going on? And when she leaned in again, I was like, don't lean towards me. You got green eyes. And it was so strange because everything was normal around me besides that woman in the room. It was so bizarre. So bizarre. You know, do you understand? Like, it was like, like how it was like you... It's like you were in a, in a different dimension. Yeah. But everybody, everything else was normal. Mm. but then it started from there 
then, um, yeah, I, I started having some amazing experiences. I had like three phases of that ceremony going through being like a child, having a consciousness as my six-year-old, just being English, happy, joyful, and then moving into having a divine experience where I did experience that the universe was inside of me. And um, I really recommend to see that video because I'm actually more like showing you how I experienced it. And then- Yes, we can recommend all listeners to go to Wisdom from North and check out that video. Yeah. The last videos, the vlogs you've done, yeah. And then it moved into this body awareness that I really connected with my body, like how amazing my body is and how it actually good it is to be in the body. Like you can just, just for one minute right now, just pay attention to your body. If you move into it, if you bring awareness to your hands and your feet and your knees, it's really like this, you can feel the small vibration, right? This Mm. All of a sudden, it gets electrified. It's like what Eckhart Tolle talks about, the inner body presence thing. Yeah. When you're meditating. Beautiful uh, experience. And I, I felt that like 10 times in that experience. Like I was wow. like, oh, I love being in my body. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. Beautiful, and because then, many yeah. spiritual people often talk about the, the, the urge to leave the body, to be just a spirit, to be outside. But I mean, after all, we are here to experience things on earth. So. Yeah, and that's back to what we spoke about in the beginning. Yeah, it's, right? I, yeah. I, I love what you're saying about being happy about being in the body because we have yeah. a body, <laughs> we're here. Yeah, right. And it, it, it deserves our love. Like it tries to, you know, do everything for us to, to function and work and uh, it heals very fast, like just, a, you know, a scratch. It yeah. heals and sometimes, of course, it doesn't heal. It has problem healing, but... Just going faster to... when I was seven than now when yeah. I'm over 50, but I know what you mean. <laughs> and then in my third ceremony, ceremony, I just, I haven't released it on YouTube. I'm going to do it right after, but I, ha I experienced Gaia, Mother Gaia having a cosmic orgasm. Oh, not... <laughs> <laughs> spectacular. I have to see that video. I'm not sure. Do you show, do you show that? Do you show that in in picture in in the video? I found some pictures that I'm using. Okay. Uh, do you think we can say that on YouTube? I'm not sure if I'm, my video will be banned. That's why I haven't released it yet. Because can I say orgasm? On? <laughs> I'm not sure. Of course. Sure. You think you're going to be banned for saying that word? Yeah, like well. Uh, I think that's 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 the, that person you have in the back of your head say, saying telling you that you shouldn't be doing these things. I no, but it's actually, a... it's uh, it's true because I have ads on them, and some some ads may be like you know they don't want to be associated with. Uh -huh, okay. Well, maybe like they that. don't want to put put in ads, but do you think they will ban the whole video? I I, I don't know. I you hear you hear so many stories know. about about uh, uh, banning of, banning of videos these days. So I, I wouldn't. Yeah, be actually, yeah, because I've I've seen some other teachers as well putting out stuff that has been banned, like just speaking about regular stuff but yeah so who knows but i'll put it out there mm -hmm. i will yeah fascinating i i mean it was so surprising well like, you, you've also spoken before i listened to an interview with you a few months ago you did a few months ago and then you you told told about experiences you had when you were i don't know maybe in your 20s or so uh where you um uh, 
you took this course of lucid you, you learned how to dream lucidly lucid dreaming yeah. Yeah. and other experiences like that which sounded also very fascinating how would you compare this experience with the ones that you that you had at that time yeah that's a great question and an important one because ayahuasca is not a quick fix or or like the answer to everything i think you can have these mystical experiences without ayahuasca and other plant medicines uh and i did uh it just sometimes takes you a longer practice or you have to practice more or for some people they just have it by grace so what i did was i went to this course and uh, they taught me how to lucid dream which is to become awake in the dream yeah so you actually navigate your own dream it's very difficult you have to give a lot of energy and attention to it and it's very hard if you have a normal job because you all of a sudden you can't sleep at night so it disrupts your sleep So you have to be very dedicated if you want to do it. And um, I've stopped doing it because uh, I'm not sure if that's the way I want to go. Um, but in that, during those weeks, I lay down and meditated on my heartbeats for an hour. Because you practiced, the practice is where to meditate on a mantra for an hour, approximately, or your heartbeats, or visualizing the pyramids, for instance. And then all of a sudden, I was in my heart and I... I don't know how to explain it, but it wasn't like I left my body, but I had an experience of expanding. I expanded and expanded out of my room, out of Norway, out of this earth and out in the universe. And I was as big as the universe. Mm. And then I felt this huge, enormous love towards myself, like that I was so loved. I was so loved. And at the same time, I loved myself. So it was this dual perspective of being loved and love myself. So I cannot explain it at all, but I had what I interpreted from it was that this is how huge you are, Yamage. And this is how, what you are. You are loved and you are loved. And this is true for everybody. These, this is how huge we all are. How so can we even fit on this planet? Seven and a half billion huge human beings. We are one, you know? We are one, yeah, yeah. It sounds beautiful. I, I, have, I'm, I try to meditate every morning and sometimes I reach states that are a little bit like that. Not, not as... Not as uh, as clearly as that, but uh, I can I can recognize that sense of growing in in a way to being becoming bigger than you are and to to just expand this expansionary feeling, which is really really beautiful, and you feel very well afterwards for for several hours. It it fades away uh, during the course course of the day, but it's it stays for a few hours. That's beautiful. I think spirit gives you those experiences if you need them, if you're going to have them, if there is a purpose with it. So mm. I just think it's important to say that if you don't experience it, it's nothing you've done wrong or, you know, you're not worthy or it's a failure. I, I think some of us just, uh, that, that for me, it was grace. Uh, and after that, I haven't had any experiences like that mm -hmm. and i would love to have it again 
and others have it all the time. So uh, I think we shouldn't compare ourselves at all. Just like trust that what you're getting is what you're supposed to have. Um, really trust that. Mm. And I also think that when you start to practice a lot in the beginning, you might get some experiences and then it kind of fades down. Like that's what was with me. Like now, you know, and now you have to do the work. Mm. (laughs) Now you, you're not getting anything for free anymore. (laughs) Yeah. I know the feeling you're like on a plateau there and you just get stuck. But I guess it's, it's the way it has to be because you can't, you can only take in so much at the time and you can, you can only take in as much as you can, you can integrate in yourself and you can understand. Uh, soon enough, you will understand more, hopefully. Uh, well, there are so many things I would like to ask you. Uh, I, I can't even ask all my questions that I have. This is really fascinating. But I, I want to uh, dive a little bit into another subject, or it's all, it's, it's all together. There are no different subjects, really. That's just a false dichotomy. Anyway, there's a lot of talk among people who are spiritually interested and spiritually engaged uh, about the so-called law of attraction. Is that something that you have been uh, thinking about and how, how, how do you interpret it? And do you, would you say that it works in your life? The law of attraction uh, is just one of the laws from the way I see it. Uh, and it has gotten a lot of attention because there was a movie, The Secret, some years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. It comes from The Secret, which is, comes again from or inspired by Abraham Hicks. No, mm. sorry, did I say Abraham Hicks? Esther Hicks. Yeah, she's Abraham. channeling. Yeah, uh, who speaks a lot about uh, law of attraction and Teal Swan does too. But there are so many other laws as well, universal laws. So I think we get hung up on that because we want to manifest, we want to manifest, we want to manifest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but they also play together all these laws. And uh, what was, I think, in misinterpreted in that movie that was that it's all about the thinking, but it's really all about your vibration is what I think, that you attract what you are. So if I want to attract a really powerful or conscious, mature, joyful partner, then I have to become a conscious, mature, joyful person. Hmm. Uh, so that's how I see it Uh, and I do think that where energy where attention goes energy flows and I see that with synchronicities in my life where I put intention um, things pop up all of a sudden there have been many synchronicities and at the same time you have this you know not clinging on to it not chasing it because then you're like um not holding an open space for something. So there are many elements within this. Uh, manifestation is not easy. Um, I there, do- there, there's, a, there's an inertia here on earth. I mean, there, it takes time for things to manifest. That that's, 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 that's the problem. I mean, we, right. <laughs> sometimes we don't have the patience to wait. But I guess the paradox is that, like you were mentioning here, if you, if you let go of the, the desire then it's more likely that you will get what you desire, which yeah. is actually really, really difficult to wrap yeah. your head around. Yeah. But that's the way I've interpreted the whole thing. It's like if, yeah. if, if you really want something and you think about it all the time, you're going uh, to have resistance and uh, adversity. Yeah. 
I was just thinking now uh, this morning that about the person like that I really would like to interview one day or, or work with. I was like, so that's going to happen one day. And then I let go of it. Yeah. Like, I don't know how or yeah, but I just, I just manifested. I, I felt like I was putting it out to the universe. That's going to happen. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. Now I'm letting it go. And then let go. Don't think about it. Yeah. That's, that's the way I do it as well. I mean, I think that it's been working out pretty well for me during the last two years or so when I have been just having this kind of general idea where I want to go in my life. I've also been doing some affirmations when I'm out walking and things like that, but that's just a detail, I think. But I've been, I've been having this in my heart, in my chest, I've been having this general idea where I want to go what kind of experiences I want to have. No details, just a general idea. And then I have just let it be there and try to be here and now, which is extremely difficult if you're a restless person like myself. Hmm. I want to do things all the time, but I've tried to do that. And it seems as it has actually, everything has unfolded very smoothly. Things have happened, like my father died and all that. And I had, there was a funeral, but, but all, all the events happened at a time when it was possible for me to handle it. So I could handle it very smoothly all along. And I, I took this course, podcast course, and I started this podcast and I, and I, um, well, money started coming in, not, not just the inheritance, but I, we got a lot of money from a house we sold. And I don't know, all of those things that I was just not asking for in detail. I was just having this general kind of wish of, uh, type of life that I would, because if I have that kind of life, that those kinds of experience, I will be my best self, I think. And that's probably for the best for everyone, <laughs> because then I can love, ah, well, you know what I'm talking about. So I don't have to delve into that, but that's how I think it works. Uh, really. I think what it is, is if you, if you're talking scientifically about it is um, what you were mentioning these things before. And I think that's really interesting to, to kind of, uh, marry together science and spirituality because what it is is that everything is energy and and we're all more or less dense uh, entities in that unifying field and actually frontline scientists physicists today are talking about this unified field i think they're even talking about this um, the so-called dark energy as being this 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 famous um, unified field. So it's the same thing. They're talking about the same thing. And I mean, that's make, it makes sense to me. I, I mean, why not? And then if, if it is like that, everything is energy, everything is out there at the same time, all the time, then you, of course you can, if you, if you vibrate at a certain frequency, you can attract other things that are vibrating at the same frequency. Well, like we were saying before, some people, think it's mambo jumbo then don't, don't know what i'm talking about <laughs> but i think it's uh it's much more fun to think this way isn't it <laughs> it is it, it the, the life gets much more interesting it does are, are you are you thinking about maybe interviewing more more scientists that are on on the front line so to speak in this respect that they're they're i would love um, to exploring uh, consciousness for instance consciousness is yeah. in the front line. i mean the the problem the way I see it is that few scientists speak speak about consciousness. They don't mention consciousness. A lot there of is them. D- there is Donald Hoffman. Okay. 
and there is a guy called he's he's autodidact actually but he's he's brilliant uh, Nassim Haramein yeah uh, of course yeah but these are like um what, what can I say there's a division there yeah these these guys are very open to spirituality mm. Mm. so if uh, yeah I would love that but they the the scientist needs to be able to mention consciousness otherwise like because for me consciousness is everything we can't mm. take that out of the equation no you so, can't find it in a, in a neuron in the brain some scientists are actually really trying to find consciousness in a neuron in the brain isn't that hilarious yeah i mean <laughs> I just have had an experience out of my body. How is that possible if uh, consciousness... Oh, they're, they're, they, they can explain it in their ways. Uh, yeah, you know, I know that I was sure. hallucinating or something like that. Yeah. But then, okay, but then I can ask, how do you know that you exist? How do you know that you're yeah. sitting right now? Yeah. That's you know, good, I, can, I can just say you don't exist. <laughs> what you're just is a figment the... of my imagination. Yeah. Right, right. Good questions. <laughs> Uh, talking about that, I mean, the, there is one of the main goals of enlightenment or whatever you should call it is to realize that the ego mind, the ego mind is not you, the true you, that there is a higher self. But what about maybe what we are doing right now, the spiritual ego, so to speak, I think it was Eckhart Tolle once again, who said, there is no worse form of ego than spiritual ego. Because uh, when you think you're, you're an enlightened and, and spiritual person, you might kind of think of yourself as untouchable, which is actually probably even worse than, than, than not being spiritual, but being a very kind and loving person and probably spiritual without knowing it. What do you, what do you think about this? <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I definitely know about the spiritual ego and I had it myself and I actually talk about it in my membership that we go through these different phases uh, often uh, from awakening to awareness to transformation to empowerment. Like that's the way I see it uh, or the words I've uh, chosen to, to uh, put on it. And in the uh, awareness phase, the second phase, like first you wake up and you're like, whoa, Life is about something else. I didn't know. You have all these revelations. And the awareness, you start to become aware of yourself and your shadows and, and new ideas. And there, the spiritual ego usually comes out like, oh, I found the truth. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to share the truth. Um, and I was definitely there. And then uh, you go through the transformation where things start to uh, change and you you open up much more to there's all kinds of experiences and the truths. Uh, and then you move into that empowerment. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, spiritual ego is very difficult, dangerous, very dangerous. Mm -hmm. That's why you have, you know, uh, gurus and, and spiritual teachers out there who are horrible. Mm -hmm. So and they exist. Yeah, they exist. So uh, it's very important to be discerning and, mm -hmm my like way of uh, feeling into it, if this is the right teaching for me or teacher is that does she or he empower me, you know, or empower themselves and telling me what to do. So do I feel empowered? Is she saying the answer is within me? Then, um, then I feel that they're okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good, good uh, uh, litmus test maybe is the word. Um, 
Yeah, I, I was just going to say that I sometimes listen to to more or less famous atheists, like you know the the comedian Ricky Gervais, British comedian. You know about him? No. Well, he's he's a famous comedian, and he he's also famous for being a an atheist, and he he makes fun of religions religion often, and it's really fun to listen to him, and and he has a lot of points, and he seems like a very, I mean, a good person, and he's morally good and all that but uh, so i think it's it's good to sometimes listen to these people and don't put yourself too high just because you 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 think that you've found the truth and all that but there is one thing that these atheists do a mistake they do often that they mix up spirituality with religion and uh, i know that's a problem because i mean of course thing. religion has done so much in the name of the of religion there have been so many bad things uh, done over the years Oh yeah, I yeah, that's there're two different things. Like religion needs spirituality. Spirituality spirituality does not need religion. True. That's very true. Okay. This has been truly truly amazing and we've been speaking for for a long time now. So, uh, I know uh finally here that you have an event coming up that you would like to promote, don't you? So please go Yes, ahead. yeah. Uh, in the end of September, we're having a free event online. Uh, I think actually beginning of October. Uh, and it's called uh, Awaken to Your Soul's Purpose. And there I'm going to have four workshops where we're really going to uh, get together online and we'll have a Facebook group and we're going to um, have that momentum together to really uh, start to listen within and open up for a deeper calling in our lives. And my experience is that when we come together doing that, uh, it starts something. We, we get a shift. I can't promise you that, oh, I'll find, I found my purpose because it's a process. But um, you have that support from the group. And also, I'm going to give you some workshops. I'm going to bring in teachers that is going to guide you and help you on where to start, where to start, how can I listen within, what is my purpose, uh, how, how can I find that, how can I discover that. So I've done it two times before, they're very popular and I, I think it's going to be really powerful, four workshops that we'll have together. So where can people find this? Uh, they can find it on wisdomfromnorth.com slash souls calling. Okay. So it is, um, it is wisdomfromnorth.com slash souls. Um, what is business? <laughs> <laughs> dash? Dash? Yeah. No, I think it's some, dash is like, like that's, that. That's slash. Ah, never oh, yeah, mind. Dash. They, can okay, go I... to, they can go to wisdomfromnorth.com and, and, and they can find it on the homepage. They can find it on the homepage very soon. Like, very soon. Uh, I don't know when you're going to release this, but probably. Well, long before this uh, event anyway so okay yes yeah. it will probably be there so just uh, end of september you, yeah uh yeah at the end of september or you okay. can just sign up to my newsletter and then yeah. you'll get to know all about it so Excellent. i hope i'll see you there yeah thank you so much Janneke Oynes. it's thank been you. a pleasure take care take care thank you for doing this wonderful work mm -hmm.